Hey, this is Sean Mandoli, and I'm the pastor of Sanctuary LA, and you're listening to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this message encourages and inspires you. Remember to follow us on social media at My Sanctuary LA and enjoy the message. Okay, Ezekiel uh, chapter uh, 37, verse 1. We're in part three of our series. Have you guys been enjoying the series, Stewards? Look at your neighbor and say, you're a steward. Look at somebody else and tell them, I'm a steward. Look at somebody else and tell them, we're all stewards. Okay, and so if you want to get um, a little bit more of what we've been talking about, um, the first um, weekend we, we went into stewards, we talked about time, we're stewards of time. Last week we talked about gifts. Today I was, gonna, I was supposed to be talking about finances, which I will, uh, but, but really I felt like God lead me to the scripture and it, and it will touch that. But I think in the church world we hear so much about stewardship as finances. That's not true. Stewardship is life. Finances just have to be a part of it. Come on now. I'm a steward of everything, 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 time, resources, my children, my wife, somebody say amen, I mean everything, this church, my relationships, everything God blessed you with, he wants it to get better after he hands it to you, every, that's a steward, somebody say I'm a steward, look at somebody else, tell them you're a steward, look at somebody else and say we all stewards, Okay, and so this is, this is how God operates, man. I mean, God will give you something. He's like, what you going to do with it? It's kind of like, you know, Legos, right? You get a box of Legos, but you got to do, you got to create that thing. You got to follow the script and create it. Why is a grown man up here talking about Legos? Because I like Legos. I got Legos. Well, actually, it's my children, but I'm like, hey, let's, last night I was like, hey, let's do Legoland. That's what we call it. We call it Legoland. We bring out the Legos and we put stuff together with Legos, right? And so, and so that's, that, that's what stewardship is. God will give you something. Sometimes uh, it, it feels like it's in pieces. And God's like, what are you going to do with this? God will give you, God is a blesser, but every time he blesses you, he wants you to do something with it. He gave you a mind, and you went out and got yourself an education. Come on, rejoice if you're educated up in here. Come on, yeah. <laughs> All right, some of us a little more, been better stewards in that area than others, but there's some, ed- that's all right, but there's some educated people in here. Come on, any, come on, can I hear it from the educated people? Some of y'all looking at me like, yeah, hard knocks, yeah, I'm educated, right? Anybody got a little bit of both, you know what I'm saying? I got a little book smart, a little street smart, you know? Come on, somebody say stewardship. <laughs> stewardship. All right, stewards. Okay, here we go. So check it out. So God blessed man. Look at this. And the first thing he told him was be fruitful and multiply. Somebody say stewardship. At the creation, Genesis chapter 1, created man. He said to him, be what? Be a steward. You're going to make this thing better. You're supposed to multiply this. I'm not going to do it all for you, Adam. But you got to be fruitful and multiply. And multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. Somebody say stewardship. We are stewards. We are stewards, and good stewardship is a journey of increasing what God gives you. I'm going to say it again if you're taking notes. We are stewards, and good stewardship is a journey of increasing what God gives you. All right? All right? When you show up, things get better. Somebody say amen. When that, when that company hired you, ever since you've been there, they've been better. Somebody say amen. Some of you are afraid to say amen. You need to, if it's not better yet, say amen in confidence that it will get better. 
When that customer had all kind of horrible experiences with other people doing what you do, they met you, did business with you, they start referring you because you're a good steward. Come on now. Come on now. We ought to be the best people out there in the marketplace. We ought to be the first one that shows up. We ought to never be late. Two amens and one laugh. Okay, we're working on it. Somebody say journey. I'm on a journey. Look at your neighbor. Say, if you were late last week for work, just tell them I'm on a journey. I'm working it out. Come on. I heard some people say I'm on a journey. That means they were late some day last week. No, but we ought to. Come on now, right? We're Christians. This is bigger than a job. This is stewardship. This is bigger than raising children. This is stewardship. This is bigger than, than owning a business, man. This God put this business on me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run this thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the best out there at what I do. I'm going to make an effort to do that. Come on now. Somebody say stewardship. Come on. You got to talk to me in here. Somebody say stewardship. And here's the thing. I can relate to the text we're about to read. Ezekiel chapter 37. Because the story of my life has been a step-by-step process. I mean everything. I mean, everything in my life, I'll just be, I mean, everything has just been one step in front of the other. Okay, and God would lead me, and I'm, we're going to get into this. We're going to read this story. It's a powerful narrative in the Word. It's a vision that this prophet had. And, and when I read it, I was like, wow, this is weird that God's talking to me about this, 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 this vision that the prophet Ezekiel had. And he's like, man, this is stewardship. And so I, I even personally can relate. Can anybody else relate that, that some, you know, God never tells me everything. All right? I've been offended with God at times about that, to be honest with you. I had to, you had to get over it. Look at your neighbor and say, get over it. I'm going to preach a sermon, a series in the new year called Get Over It. Hopefully, y'all show up. But, but we're called to come over some stuff. Overcomer. Somebody say, get over it. Anybody ever had to get over anything? Relationships, failure. Look at your neighbor and say, just get over it. All right? It's, all right? Just get over it. Look, at sometimes you got to treat your failures like, no, it's all good. I'll do it again. Get, I'll get over this. All right? Don't let the devil lie to you and think that just because you messed up once, it's all over. That is a lie from the devil. Actually, when you mess up, it's just going to make you better next time. Come on now. I said, come on now. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. So, so I can relate to this, that, you know, everything um, has been incremental for me. You know, I heard, I was listening to a leadership podcast with these pastors and they were calling, they called, I don't even know if this is a real word, they called it an incrementality, a mentality of taking one step at a time. You know, the Bible says here a little, there a little, you know, uh, you know, line upon line. Um, you know, it, 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 this thing, I want to encourage you when it comes to stewardship because you can start anywhere. You can start right now. You don't need a lot to be a good steward. You just need a little bit, and you can increase that little bit. Come on now. Come on, somebody. Come on. You don't need a lot. You don't need, you don't need your, 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 so, your social media to go viral. You don't need it to go viral. If it goes viral, great. I've heard stories of people like they do something and it went viral, and then the next thing you know, they're all over the world, but you don't know what it took for them to get to that place. I don't believe. There ain't no such thing as an overnight success. Come on now. It's called, a, it's called just grind it out. Do, put one foot in front of the other. Keep doing what you're called to do. Take one step. You know, seed, time, and harvest. It takes time. Everything in the kingdom takes time. And so I want to encourage you with this message that it's going to take time. You know, and, and so for me, God um, hasn't always and doesn't really reveal the outcome of a season up front. He leads me into a season. And then I discover years after, years later, like, oh, that's what you were up to. Right? 
Uh, and, and, and it's a blessing and it's awesome to see the outcome of things. But many times God just shows me the next step. This is my own personal journey. She, he just shows me what's next. My wife and I were talking about our marriage recently and how wonderful it is and how good I've been to her. No, I'm just kidding. That's not what we're talking about. That's what I imagined. And it just felt good saying it. But we were talking about it and how, you know, I, I, I fell in love with her real quick, right? I came after her and she was like, nah, I'm not feeling it right now. So, and I get it. It's a journey for her, right? It, it, it's stewardship. You know, you got a good thing. She had to, she had to, it took a long time for her to process the greatness of the man of God that was in her presence. No, but, um, but really, we, we, we sincerely were talking about our marriage and the journey. And my wife actually was saying this to me that, that we look back and our marriage propelled our individual purpose on a level we never thought God was going to do. And it all started with me marrying the right woman. And I was just excited about her. I wasn't like, you know, I was just in the moment. It was God and all that. But we look back and I, what I'm saying is it was one step at a time. And I look, we look back and go, wow, my purpose was ignited. I mean, my wife said, I will never, she said this, I'm never going to marry a pastor. And she, her parents are pastors, cousins, pastors, uncles, pastors, aunties, pastors, uh, grandparents, pastors. I mean, she, there is no hope for her outside of the kingdom of God. When you got that many praying for you with that much authority in the kingdom, look, they're going to send her a little white boy from California. But when I married her, I was not a pastor. So God answered her prayer. I became one. I became one. I became one. The hand of God was on my life. And even though she didn't want it, God was going to have his way. Somebody say amen. But literally, the week after we got married, I was ordained at the sanctuary for pastor. We, the week after, she moves to California, and we're married. Got our little apartment. It was actually a studio. Uh, and a week after we got married, we, back, back then, you know, they put the pastors up here. On, they, on the thrones they have the thrones here people are like what does that mean anyway I won't explain but we were sitting up there and my wife's like why are we sitting up here I'm like I'm about to get ordained <laughs> she was like what yeah see what happens when you say I will never see what God does but this thing but then the journey of our life I'm saying that that marrying the right person man ignited my purpose Bam. All right. And and I want to encourage you that this thing is a journey. All right. And he leads me. And then after I'm there, he reveals the next step. God never tells me what he's really up to. I'm so thankful that I don't have him figured out like that. He's bigger than my thinking. And, and if and if everything in your walk with God has been figured out before it happened, chances are it's not God. It's when I still I'm going to step out and be like, ooh, I wonder what this is. Ooh, this looks good. Let me check this out. Come on now. You guys hearing what I'm saying? Here we go. I'm going to get to my scripture. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. Let's put it up. Thank you guys for your patience. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. And the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. I mean, I mean, what kind of God is that? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Where is he taking you, prophet? Um, to a dead place? Bones? 
in a valley. You know, uh, my prayer for, for young people and young leaders and everybody for that matter, my prayer is that we have a community of a bunch of people where God's hand is on them. Not that, not, not my hand, not, 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 a, not, a, not, a, not a human thing, not a natural thing, but my prayer is that people have the hand of God on their life. That, that in this, in one version it says he, he took a hold of him. My prayer for young people that feel called to do ministry for God is that God puts his hand on you. And when God puts his hand on you, when everything changes. You know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want beautiful. But then it says, what does it say? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's a shepherd leading God's people to a place like that. Why would God bring a prophet to a dead place? Why would God lead? You know, in the Bible, it says that Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, led by the Holy Ghost into a dark place. Why would God bring somebody like you and me into an environment where it is dead? Somebody say stewardship. 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 He's going to he's going to release a new ministry in Ezekiel's life and he's going to hand him a bunch of dry bones. Come on now, somebody. All right. Jesus was led. You can start, look at, at a seemingly low, dried up, dead place. And this is the thing, but remember that God's with you. All right. When it comes to, this is stewardship right here, that he showed a prophet, a man of God, a place that was literally dead. Okay. And this is my first point. Do not despise dead beginnings. All right. I know the Bible says do not despise small beginnings. But this was, this was, this was, this was a little uh, gnarlier than, than, than small. This was dead. Okay? Dead beginnings. Whatever it is. Sometimes in your life, there might be areas of your life that you feel like are dead. There might be relationships in your life you feel like are dead. There might be gifts that you felt were once there that aren't there. But I'm here to tell you right now, stewardship right here in the context of this, it actually starts with death. Begins with a dead place. God, you, and dead things. And God's like, oh, let's see what we can do here. And some people say, man, you don't know where I came from. You don't know. Man, I didn't have this. I didn't have that. Whoa, stewardship. Don't despise dead beginnings. Well, I was abused as a child. I was left. I was forsaken. I don't even know my mom or my dad or they just weren't there. I'm here to tell you stewardship. You can start right there. You can start at the lowest of the low with God and you're going to come up out of that. You're going to breathe life into it. You, many of you in here, most of you in here, you know my story where I started stewardship. It's a lesson in stewardship. Your struggle is a lesson in stewardship. You not having it all is a lesson in stewardship. You can start right there. Do you realize that back in the day, Hollywood was not a provocative industry? Nobody wanted it. Guess who took it? Jewish people. Guess who owns it? Jewish people. Somebody say stewardship. They took on something that nobody wanted. It was, an, it was an environment that just wasn't successful, wasn't no money in it. And a bunch of Jewish people came up in there. Goldwyn Mayer, that's a Jewish name, folks. Warner Brothers. Somebody say stewardship. You got to take what you, you got to take what you can. And in God, you take what you can. What's right before you. This prophet had to take a bunch of dead bones. And God was like, what do you think is going to happen with this prophet? Come on, some of you, man, my husband this and my wife this. Stewardship. Oh, Jesus. All right. Don't despise dead beginnings. All right. 
God wanted the prophet, here we go, verse two. We're just gonna run through some of these scriptures. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. Then he's like wanting them to get in the nitty gritty of it. Wanting them to really feel it. Wanting them to really experience it. Then, then, Then he caused me to pass them all around. And behold, there was very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. I mean, he wanted to really know, this is bad, Ezekiel. This is bad. I'm leading you by the Spirit, taking a hold of you, taking you into a place of the Spirit. And he's like, he's getting them all up in the nitty gritty of things. All right. He was wanting him to experience the the reality of what he was called to, the reality of the condition of God's people at the time. This was a prophetic picture of God's people. And he God took Ezekiel into a vision to see in the what God's people look like in the spirit. And they were dry, there was a lot of them, and they were in a valley. All right, verse three. And he said to, and he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? Right? So so I answered, Oh Lord God, you know. All right. He's like, I you know what he's saying? I have no idea. Like, why are you asking me this question? Why God knows everything. He's omnipotent, he's omniscient, all-knowing. You know, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He, God only asks questions when he wants to involve somebody. Jesus came up to blind Bartimaeus and says, what do you want me to do for you? Now, Jesus is a smart man. He's God. He knows all things. He knew the man was blind, but he was wanting to engage this blind man in his healing. Wanted to engage him in the process. When God asks you a question, he's just wanting to engage you and to to bring you along for the journey. God was not asking him because God doubted that it could happen. God knew what was going to happen, but he wanted to involve him. I'm here to tell you right now that God wants to involve you in his plan. God wants to involve you. This is stewardship is God knowing the result and the increase and the breakthrough. And yet he desires, I said he desires and wants to involve you in the journey. All right, here it is. Here's my second point. God wants to include you in his plan. God wants to include you in his plan. God could have done it all himself. God does not need anything. Our God is without needs. We're the one with needs. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm the one with needs. <laughs> Look at somebody else tell them, I got needs. I have needs. I have needs. Anybody got needs? You know, we got needs. I'm telling you, tell you right now, your God doesn't have needs. He has wants and he has desires. He desires your worship, doesn't need it. He wants your relationship, doesn't need it. He doesn't need you. He's not needy, right? But he desires it. He's looking for those that will worship him, but not because he needs it. It's just because he wants it. All right. Look at your neighbor and tell him God wants me. Okay. God wants me. God wants. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? God knows all things. So when he asks a question, he just wants you a part of the plan. God wants to lead you into a place that so challenges your faith, church. All right. God will grace you to do something that your natural mind sincerely doesn't know if it's possible. What God wants to call you to do something that your natural mind, sincerely, if you were to answer it just like the prophet did, if God were to ask you, can this happen, Sean? I have no idea. (laughs) And I'll say it in a spiritual way. Only you know, Lord. (laughs) Say that with me. Say, only you know, Lord. Lord. All right. Can I get a breakthrough? Can, can Can I break through in my life beyond what was handed to me as a child? Yes. 
Can I succeed in what God has called me to do? Can I actually make this happen? Can I break out of addictions that were in my family? That can can I can I break through things that 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 I, people in my in your family or bloodline or environment haven't quite got gotten through it? Yes, you can. All right, can these look at your neighbor and ask him? Can these bones live? Look back at him and say, "You better ask Jesus that question because I don't know. I don't know." God will grace you to do something that your natural mind sincerely does not think it can. All right? 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9 to 10. All right? I wanted to involve them. Look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 to 10. For we are God's fellow workers. All right? Here, this is the thing. We're, 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 um, uh, another version says in the Greek, fellow workers means co-laborers or laborers with. So God um, isn't just working for you. He wants you to work with him. This is stewardship. Stewardship is you working with God. You're working for God. That's the heart of it. But you're working with God. God's like, hey, you need to put your hands on this. The Bible says that he'll bless the work of your. So where are your hands at? Your hands got to be on something. You got to work something. You got to do something. You got to get up on Monday and go do something. You got to get, you got, you're a steward. You are a steward. You have been handed gifts. You've been handed abilities. You've been handed intelligence. You've been handed wisdom. You've been handed purpose. You've been handed things. You've been handed, not really handed an education or a degree, but you made it happen. You got, you got that. You are a steward. You, for we are God's fellow workers. He says, you are God's field. You are God's building. I love that. Church isn't a building. The people are the building. We are the building. All right? We are the building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me. Here it goes, grace again. I'm working with God, but there's a grace on me to do this thing for God, to do this thing with God. God wants to work with you. God wants to work with you. God loves when you're out there doing your thing. God gets excited when you're out there doing what you're called to do. I'm here to tell you right now, you're working with God. You get out there and do what you're called to do. You put your hand on something. And don't mope about things not working out just right all the time. Get your hand on it. Watch God's grace on your life. Don't sit there and mope about somebody, somebody didn't like you. You didn't get that certain job. Well, there's another one coming. Get back out there. Come on now. Um, maybe there's some sort of exam you need to take to get to that next level. You didn't. You, take it again. I felt Take it again. Like last week. You know how many times I took my driver's test? It's embarrassing. I have a license. I got to take it again next October. Pray for me. I'm going to take it again. Maybe I should have studied better. Somebody say amen. But I didn't. I'm just going to get out there. You know, I didn't retain. I don't retain a lot of information. But, but I got my license. Hallelujah. Stewardship. It's a victory. That was a win for me. Grown man. Come on, license. Come on now. Come on now. You need to rejoice at the, at the little wins you got. All right, you need to rejoice at you. I mean, sometimes you need to wake up and be like, thank you, Jesus, for a job. Still, wow, God, you entrusted me with this thing. You put this thing in my lap to steward. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and God's going to bring promotion and increase to you. Stewardship. You are God's field. You are God's building according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder. I've laid the foundation and another builds on it. Here we go. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. Somebody say stewardship. Here we go. Here's my next point. I'm almost done. Your assignment is impossible to fulfill without God's help. Right? 
right? We're fellow workers with God. This ain't something I am doing. And then I go visit God and say, can you help me? No, this is, he's all up in it. I'm all up in him. He's all up in me. My life is hidden with Christ and God. I'm in him. He's in me. In him, I live and move and have my being. He holds me together. I mean, I am do, I'm doing it, but it's Christ in me doing it right? Like, it's not like I'm just going to run off and try to do this thing. I've seen it happen, man, when people find that special someone even in church, and they fall in love, and you don't see them in church after that. Come on now. I mean, they, they went to every pre-counseling appointment. They were at church on the dream team serving. They get married, and they gone. Come on, somebody say amen. Somebody say Stewardship. It's everything. It's everything. Right? Yeah, Jesus. I hope that ministered to some single people in here. All right. Your assignment is impossible to fulfill without God's help. Verse 4, I read. Okay, if we're, here it is. And again, he said to me, here it is, verse 4. Let's go to verse 4. We're almost done, guys. I, got, I literally have just a couple more points. Uh, 37, verse 4. Again, he said to me, prophesy. Look at this. Stewardship prophesy to these bones and say to them oh dry bones hear the word of the lord oh dry bones hear the word of the lord if you're going to change the way you think you must change the way you talk all right if you want to you, you say man i'm just i things is just messed up up here it's probably because it's coming out of your mouth first death and life aren't in the power of thinking they're in the power of words now and that's how you change your mind you want to change your mind you got to change your mouth was that too forceful was that not loving enough? Was that not pastoral enough? Talk to me, team. Talk to me, leaders. You know how I can get sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Right? I know what I'm talking about. I, I, I tell you what, guess what gets me in trouble most of the time? Yeah. How'd you know? What gets you in trouble most? It's not my thoughts, it's my mouth. Now, now I'm, not, I'm not taking away thoughts, right, or that the importance of being, them being renewed. But I'm here to tell you right now, he didn't, say, he didn't say nothing about the prophet's thinking. He's looking at something, he's stewarding. He says, mouth. Now, you think they can live, Ezekiel? I have no idea. Okay, you don't know? This is how you do it. Use your mouth. Got to change your mouth. You got to change your mouth. It was so awesome. We prayed. Um, hope uh, E-Man over here doesn't mind me sharing this, but we prayed for him. He took his four-hour exam on Monday and passed. Yeah. Now he is a licensed clinical social worker. Did I get that right? Look at that. Somebody say stewardship. So if y'all have any problems, you know, he can help you. No. No, I'm playing. I'm messing with you, man. He's like, he's going to be gone after service. No after party for him. He's like, I'm out. No, that is awesome. His words. He said that he went to the place before he took the after church on Sunday. He went there and he walked around the places and take the exam and prayed. Yes. Security thought he was some like sketchy person out there. Walking. Right? Say somebody say words. words. That is that is stewardship. That's taking a spiritual principle and applying it to something he's going to naturally do in the marketplace. And that brother went out there and he walked around. Security probably got a little scared or something, but it's all right. He went out there and prayed words. He literally went into the valley of dry bones. This man of God, this prophet of God, Emmanuel with a name like that, he better be out there praying. Come on, somebody. And he, he spoke the word. He spoke it. Walked up in there on Monday and took the exam and passed it. Come on, let's rejoice with him. 
All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here's my next point. Speaking words of life is an essential part of stewardship. All right. You guys getting some out of this? Uh, okay. I just got a couple more minutes. They got me on. They got me on a clock today. All right. Thus says the Lord God. Verse five. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you. Somebody say process. This wasn't an overnight miracle, this thing. I mean, first he goes, he sees it, then he walks among it, then he has dialogue and prayer with God, and then, and then, there is a, then he has to speak it, and, you know, and, and then it starts to happen little by little. You know, you know, surely I will cause breath to come into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews and, and bring flesh up on you, cover you with skin, put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I'm going to continue reading here. Verse 7, if you have your Bibles open. Verse 7 says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. Somebody say process. process. And suddenly a rattling. Somebody say process. process. And the bones came together. Somebody say process. process. Bone to bone. Somebody say process. process. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. Somebody say process. process. And the skin covered them over. Somebody say process. process. But there was no breath in them. Oh, man. You ever be walking with God, you get somewhere and you're like, what now, Lord? What? How'd you lead me to do this? And they just looking at me like a bunch of dead corpses. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Process. You're right. Right? It's a process. The, you know, um, so he said, and the skin, he said, prophesy. Here it is, number two, the second time. He prophesied three times. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet as an exceedingly great army. I didn't give these scriptures to them. That's why they're not up there. Sorry, guys. I did a little studying afterwards. I was just trying to be a good steward. <laughs> Verse 11. Here we go. We're about to close here. And then, and then uh, we'll receive the offering. Do you guys like doing this, like the word right after worship or what? Is it too early to ask? You need it to process a little bit? Okay. Process. <laughs> Next time somebody complains to you, process. Would you believe, process. I went to work at process. Next time the devil lies to you, process. And he said to me, son of man, verse 11, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Here it is. Uh, this isn't an official point, but I'm going to give it to you. At the end of the day, stewardship is all about people. Stewardship isn't about Emmanuel getting that certificate. It's about the people he's going to touch at a higher level. Yeah. Financial blessing isn't about the blessing in and of itself entirely. It's about the people you're going to touch. It's about the influence God wants to give you. It's always about people. Stewardship is about this. It's the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. That is stewardship. My relationship with God and my relationship with people. Every natural, practical, pragmatic blessing I receive in the earth ought to, in some way or another, bring a blessing to somebody else outside of me. Somebody say stewardship. This whole thing, prophecy, wasn't about, ooh, this man of God, he can bring people to life. No, it was about the people. You are, they are the whole house of Israel. Or, or in one version, it says God's people. They indeed say, our bones are dry. Our hope is lost. Uh-oh, hope lost. Uh-oh, hope's coming. Somebody say hope's coming. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Somebody say hope's coming. 
Our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. They're alive, they're an exceedingly great army, but they're still talking sideways. This is a beautiful picture, not the, the fact that they're still speaking negative things. This is their, I'm here to tell you right now, what if it was their words that got them into this and it took a man of God's words to get them out? It's their words that get us into a mess sometimes, but it's the word of God. It's the word that's going to get us out. Somebody say amen. Death and life are in the power of the Our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, I love this. Behold, oh my people. They were talking negative, but God still endeared himself to them. And we, when it comes to stewardship and people, what what is coming out of them may be negative and wrong, but we still need to say, no, you are God's people. They weren't there yet, but God said, my people. They were dead in a valley, my people. And we as a community say, no, you're God's people. You're loved by God. Well, I'm this and I'm that and I'm hurt and I'm bitter and I'm offended and, and, and I'm lost and whatever's coming out of them. No, you are, you are loved by God. You're God's people. We're going to be a people that tell people who they are in God before they realize who they are in God. Thus says the Lord God, behold, my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from the graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And this was a picture. Basically, this is what it was. Nebuchadnezzar took them. They were in Babylonian activity, um, not activity, captivity. So this is what they were in captive. It's a representation in, under the new covenant. Captivity is a representation of sin. That people in sin are like a valley of dry bones, but it takes a church a people that will speak life into a community, that will bring life into a community. And for God to say, no, these are my people. I don't see dry bones anymore. I see God's army. They might not talk just right, but they're God's army. They, they might still be infected and have things vexing them, but they're God's army. <laughs> Stewardship is firstly about a relationship with God and secondly about a relationship with people. And this is what it was, is that God was going to bring them out into their land again. Land full of hope. Hallelujah. Here's my last point. We'll close with this. Good stewards are a part of God's redemptive purpose. That's what stewardship is. At the end of the day, everything in my natural world is touching. It's, I'm here to reach and touch somebody. Influence in and of itself is nothing but in the kingdom that we would be a city set up on a hill. Um, influence is, is neutral. It is not sacred. It is our job to make the influence we have sacred. Because there's a lot of people with influence, but it doesn't mean they're using it for the right reason. Influence. I believe, I, I, can, I, can, I, can I just speak truthfully here? I believe sometimes people are drunk. This world is drunk on influence. It's the wrong thing to be drunk on. Because it's neutral and power is intoxicating. I don't care how holy or, or pure somebody is. When you get influenced, that, there, there's a new temptation for you. And I'm not against I agree, but influence is not sacred. 
Our relationship with God is sacred. And if he, as he gives us influence and a platform to speak in people's lives, we are accountable. We are stewards of influence. Influence is a scary thing. And it ought to be that God keep me. Lord, let me not get drunk on influence. Let me not get intoxicated with power. But God, keep me humble. Let Keep me in a place where, God, this is not about me and what I do and achieve. And all that is part of life. But if the end result is that, we're missing it, church. The end result is people. It's my relationship with Jesus. And it's the people that I'm going to reach. Just like the prophetic word that my wife had for Diego and Salary. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for listening to the message. If you've been encouraged and inspired, give us a great review and share it with a friend today. Also, if you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our powerful weekend gatherings. For more info and directions, follow us at My Sanctuary LA. Be blessed.